readers, welcome to Your Bookstore Besties. We're your hosts, Rachel and Becky, best friends who met while working at an indie bookstore. We love chatting about all things books, and we're so happy that you joined today. Hello, welcome back to Your Bookstore Besties. I'm Becky. And I'm Rachel. That was a really (laughs) long pause, Rachel. (laughs) I was just warming up. Come on. It's been a long day. We both are working until five. We're taking breaks for dinner and then we're hopping on the computer to record. So we are. Yes, we are. (laughs) So what's your fun fact? What do you decide on? Um, my fun fact is that during the pandemic, um, my mom and I, well, more so me than my mom, but we started cross-stitching. So I learned to cross-stitch. I didn't know that. Um, That's so fun. Yeah. So I learned to cross-stitch and my mom had been doing it for a while. Uh, and so we both did a couple little projects and the first one I did was of a, cartoony desert scene with some pretty hills and a sunset and it took me oh like two months I think okay Um, I really want to see it send me a picture okay well so we we uh we did that during the pandemic that's my fun fact that's super how about you um mine is that um Mexican food is the most superior food on the planet and I've been to Mexico eight to ten times to eat it so (laughs) that is oh my gosh yeah that I is a fun food. fact yeah um and i wanted to tell you that andreas is like how long are you guys gonna keep doing fun facts because you're gonna run out of fun facts and i'm like andreas i'm almost 35 years old there's 35 years worth of fun facts okay and yeah understand. <laughs> i don't think andreas understands how fun we are <laughs> yeah he has no idea who he married <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're not gonna we're gonna run out of podcast ideas before we run out of fun facts absolutely if that you know you know we're just gonna have a podcast of fun facts eventually so anyways absolutely Andreas, so anyways doubter hater anyways yes <laughs> so uh, i don't know about you but um several of my friends and family last week told me that last week's episode was their favorite of ours really yeah and i um after like interacting with people in our on our Instagram, like I realized I missed so many that I'm like, why didn't I mention that? And I think that I need to redeem myself. And I think we need a part two eventually. I would love to do a part two. I would also love to do an episode where we both read a book and watch the movie and just discuss like what we liked about both. And if we great idea. Yeah, I would love to do that. Cool. All right. Well, it's a date then. (laughs) Oh, it's a date. (laughs) It's a date. So um, I also wanted to mention that this is our 20th episode of our podcast. So it's a little celebration there. We're doing this for 20 weeks. I don't think we we never took a break, did we? We've been consistent for 20 weeks. I don't think I think we were going to take a break uh, around Christmas, but we decided against it. We recorded anyway. Hands down. (laughs) Yeah, because a lot of people have told me that they look forward to this every week, which I'm very honored. Um, <laughs> why? But also, thank you. Um, why and thank you. I, I see Becky. Becky and I are opposites in the way that Becky loves to be um, honored and like tell me how good I am and how yeah. important I am. And me, I'm just you? like, yeah, me, I'm just like, please don't tell me how much you love me. It makes me uncomfortable. Okay, <laughs> so. like, but what is your love language then? If that's not it. Oh, I don't know. Give me some examples. Um, there's gift giving. There's acts of service. So like, 
you know, when David takes out the trash, are you like, oh, that makes me feel loved? Or is it just like hanging out with a person, like uh, being next to them? It's quality time or it's gift giving. Um, I think quality time is a is probably it, like chatting and just really? getting yeah, to yeah. know somebody. Yeah, that's I think so, that's probably that's so it. Classy of you, Rachel. <laughs> Thank you. I don't like attention at all. I no. I would rather people tell me how bad I'm doing. I'm just. <laughs> I, I, I would actually not rather that. I would rather have to put up with like, oh, I don't know how to say thank you so many times to someone who's yeah, giving yeah. me compliments. Yeah. You thank know? you. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so I guess we should actually start this podcast. So um, in honor of Women's International Women's Day on the 8th, so when you listen to this, it will have already passed. For us, it is coming up. Our episode today is going to be all about uh, our favorite strong female characters from books. Yeah. yeah. And if you're Rachel, also like, um, also some thrown in, like, these are books that I like <laughs> in typical right. me yeah. fashion. Right. Um, yeah, a little bit. We both prepared very differently for this. I did like four, and then I did like, I wrote down every single reason why I like this character, kind of a deep dive, if you will. And Rachel's like, I have 10, and I'm just going to mention them. So. <laughs> But it's great. Such Anyways, different approaches at all times. Yes. Um, so I wanted to ask you, what do you, what does strong female mean to you just in general? I mean, honestly, I don't think it looks the same all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And it definitely has changed from when I was a kid to now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like back in the day, it was like, you're not working as a secretary, strong female, you know? <laughs> Now it's like, do you have substance? Are you just Mm -hmm. more than a, um, like, think about, like, the Bechdel test, right? Like, do you know about the Bechdel test? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in order to pass the Bechdel test, it has to have, like, in media, it has to have two women talking to each other for at least two minutes, and it can't be about a man. So that's, like, a test that people use in, like, media, like, books or movies and television. Like, does this pass the Bechdel test? Which is like the bare minimum, honestly. Right. Oh my right? gosh, I know. It's such a low So bar. like we went from the bare minimum to now I'm like, is this a fully fleshed out and realized like woman character? Mm-hmm. Can I relate to her? Is she strong in the face of adversity? And mm-hmm. is she still a person? Is she, She's not a like a stereotype. Right, um, right. You know, she's flawed, but also beautiful and strong and whatever it is right yeah yeah um doesn't have to fit the traditional role of a woman is she you know maybe she exhibits things like she doesn't want kids and that's okay or she doesn't want to you know be with a man that's okay too you know just like it's really simple to like do that. Yeah. I, I think my my idea of like a strong female has kind of changed over the years. I would say like if you asked me like five years ago, I would have been like, oh, to be a strong woman, you have to be like assertive, extroverted, like an alpha female in order to be like this kind of strong character. Um, and I don't know, like back in the day, I want to say maybe f- even five years ago, it was like really cool for women to be like, I'm a boss, babe. I hustle. You know, I'm a hard worker. I, you know, I'm in the corporate world, you know, like made pop, pop popular by like Sheryl Sandberg, you know, the executive at Facebook, you know, uh, pretty high up there. Um, and I think we definitely do need women like that. And a lot of people do have that personality, but nowadays I've noticed that like Gen Z is all about like the soft girl aesthetic, like this kind of quiet, you know, like I'm just going to like wear frilly dresses and just, you know, 
hang out. And I think that that's really cute too. And I love that we have kind of a spectrum of what a strong woman can look like these days. And there's like no one way to be a strong woman. Yeah. Um, so I like, you know, I'd like to see more recognition for like the quiet introverty women who maybe are like a little slower to speak or a little quieter, but they're full of wisdom. You know, those, those are strong women to me as well. So um, yeah. the, the books that I have are kind of all across the spectrum. Um, you know, some are women who have done everything they can to survive bad situations or, um, you know, just strong women are just like a diverse group of people and it doesn't look one way. So yeah. So I'm really excited to, to talk about these, um, today. Why don't you tell me what are uh, a couple of years that you have? So I would say the first one that came to mind is kind of funny Mm -hmm. because it's a book that I know a lot of people hate. Um, And I know specifically one listener of our podcast hates this book. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's Hester Prynne from The Scarlet Letter. Mm, Yeah. Which, like, you can say what you want about the book, about the content, about whatever. But she's stuck with me as, like, the strongest character I read growing up that was, like, in required reading. Yeah. yeah. Because a lot of required reading... Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, if, if you are not sure what we're talking about, this is like a book written in the 1600s about, is it a Puritan? Okay, hold on, Becky. First of all, 1850, <laughs> not the 1600s. Yeah, yeah. I totally thought it was a, but isn't it set in the 1600s? Oh, oh, oh. I was like, one. <laughs> It's like, the Scarlet Letter was not written in the 1600s. Um, I can look. Um. Yeah. Okay, you're right. (laughs) You're right. I thought you were talking about it. He wrote it. I was like, no way. I I actually thought I did think he wrote it in the because I know it takes place then, so I thought he wrote it then. But sorry. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Go ahead. Continue. Uh, Yeah. So it's set in the 1600s, and I think it's like pilgrims or Puritans in the community, and a woman, Mm -hmm. um, Hester Prynne, gets knocked up, and the community does not take too kindly. She won't name her lover and so they like ostracize her and she has to wear a a on her dress for adulterer the scarlet letter yes, yeah yes. so i mean i honestly don't remember a lot about this book i don't feel very highly about the book but her she yeah, was like, like the original with, yeah. girl boss mm-hmm. like everyone was saying the nastiest stuff to her and she was like i'm not gonna say it's none of your yeah. business don't talk yeah. to me Ooh, i have a child icon yep so she was the first one i can remember mm, that's, that's do you have any other ones from like when you were a kid um or are they all like more recent they are a little more recent um i didn't um i have mentioned uh hermione granger from harry potter mm-hmm. um is on my list and you know what i love about her is she's the smartest person in all the books <laughs> like harry yeah. potter would be dead without her and like of course we love smart girls so you know and there's like a whole minor plot line where she like founded a society for the promotion of uh what is it elfish welfare spew and she she realizes that house elves were like mistreated as slaves and like it's just like so you know it's such a girl boss move to be like you know what this is wrong i'm gonna fight against this and even that's such a small plot in the larger series like i just think she's so great and she's like a wonderful character that girls can look up to and be like mm-hmm. yeah i want to be kind like hermione granger from harry potter so that's uh yeah. that's what i was thinking about 
Yeah, she was definitely my favorite of the Mm -hmm. series Mm -hmm. um, because I feel like at that time I identified as a know-it-all too. Mm, I was like, yeah, I'm always the first person to raise my hand, you know? (laughs) So I was like, maybe I'm like Hermione. Yeah. Um, another one from when I was a kid, uh, Matilda, which I've talked about literally <laughs> every podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, we should start having a Matilda count. Yeah, right. Drink because you can drink every time she says Matilda. Yeah, drink every time I say Matilda and die about alcohol poisoning. <laughs> um, no, but Matilda. I mean, same with Hermione in a way. Like when I was a kid and I was reading books and going to the library, I was like, oh, there's a little girl who goes to the library too, and she has like mean teacher at school and like you know she she fights against that in her way um now it's been a while since i've read the book i'm mostly imagining the movie obviously Mm -hmm. um but also another strong female character in that movie slash book mrs honey Mm -hmm. or miss honey Mm -hmm. technically Mm -hmm. but miss honey she goes against her aunt trunchbull you know and uh i don't know is there something about that movie and that book that I'm just going to talk about all the time? I'm sorry. It's got a chokehold on you. <laughs> it really does. Uh, if Roald Dahl was alive, he should be giving me a cut. Yeah, of, absolutely. Um, I'm going to contact the Roald Dahl estate and, and seek a compensation for how much I talk about Matilda on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> so uh, my next one, and I actually didn't realize you hadn't read this until you mentioned it a few moments ago, uh, but Throne of Glass by Sarah yep. J. Mass. I didn't realize you hadn't hadn't read that series. No, I have. I just haven't finished it. Oh, okay. How far into it are you? Um, I read, I need to read Empire of Storms, Tower of Dawn, and Kingdom of Ash. Okay, so I got three more. So Dang. I read okay. more than half. Yes. Is it six books or seven books? I can't remember. Oh, lordy. I don't know. I don't either. Seven? Seven. That's not, seven sounds right. So my favorite character is the the lead. Her name is Selena Sardothian. And um, in Throne of Glass, the first of the, the whole series. And it's an amazing action-packed fantasy series. And in the first book, um, she starts off in this horrific prison where she was sent to after being a, a, a notorious assassin in the land. Like she was tra- a trained assassin and she was like captured and sent off and she was actually betrayed, but you don't hear that until a little while later. But um, so there's a competition in their land where the king is hosting to find a fighter to be the king's champion of all the land. And so she basically has to comp- compete against 23 other like thieves and killers in order to win her freedom from the prison. However, the contestants of the competition, they keep mysteriously being murdered, like in a really gruesome way before they can be. <laughs> and so there seems to be kind of like this evil lurking. So that's like the setup for the first book. Excellent, excellent series. I like always highly recommend Sarah J. Mass, but um, I'll, I'll leave the plot at that. But Selena uh, is such an interesting character. You know, she's an assassin. So she's like, strong and knows how to fight and kill people but she, and she's also beautiful which is mentioned several times which is gets of a little course. annoying but you know yeah. she's also like sassy and witty and the thing i liked about her is like she knows she's attractive and she will make jokes about it and i feel like i had never read a character like that i mean growing up reading a lot of young adult it's always like these shy people who are like oh i don't, yeah. you know, I don't know if she likes me kind of thing and this girl she's like no she owns she owns her sexuality she um you know just is 
just a very kind person as well. And she gets along with everybody she meets. But what, like what I love about her character is like her loyalty and love that she has for all of her friends. Um, and she's even willing to like sacrifice herself for those that she care about, cares about. And to me, that is like real, um, that's real powerful woman stuff right there. You know, the, the sacrifice, you know, mm-hmm. your friendship is most important to you. And that's what really makes her stand out as a strong woman for me. So really, really love her character. Do you, did you, uh, do you like her character as well? What are your thoughts on her? Okay. I'm so glad you brought up Throne of Glass because do you know who was on my list? Wait, Sarah J. Mass, the author, or also uh, Selena Sardothian? <laughs> well, both. They're both related. Okay. Uh, it's obviously Feyre because oh yeah 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 from my uh, a quarter my Akatar girly but not only Feyre but also like every Amrin, female character yeah more mm-hmm. uh Nesta yeah. like all of them are written so well all girl bosses in their own right um sorry Elaine you're not included in that yet because you're just dry <laughs> right now you need a you need a book for you girl um but yeah Sarah J Maas say what you want about her she knows how to write the hell out of some female characters yeah, yeah. and make them interesting and not annoying mm-hmm. um, and they're always they're well, so fleshed yeah. out like every single one of her series um, I agree yeah. and they're all imperfect and I mean mm-hmm. to the point where I didn't even want to read Nessa's book because I was like this is a crazy ass you know girl <laughs> but yeah that's that's another one that was on my list um for one of my favorite favorite mm. books obviously yeah um but so another one now this is the last one from when i was like a kid mm-hmm. i guess if you could call me that i was a young adult um yeah. obviously we can't not mention katniss mm-hmm. uh from the hunger games by suzanne course, collins yeah. which we talked about hunger games in our adaptation episode last week as well it's just me beating dead horses every podcast. <laughs> I don't know. It's just they you link so well like. together. Yeah. 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 But Katniss, obviously, I, I feel like I don't really know what to say about her other than read the books and see what I mean. Well, I mean, um, the whole reason she had to fight in the Hunger Games is because she, uh, her sister is basically chosen to fight. And she said, uh-uh, no, I volunteer as tribute. So um, that's really Knowing that she would almost certainly die. Yeah, yeah. So she was a death sentence. And her sister was younger and, you know, weaker. Um, So that was really kind of her to do. Um, But Kind. I mean, heroic, (laughs) I would say. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, But yeah, her, obviously. All right. What's what's up next for you? Um, Next for me, let's see my notes here. Oh, um, this is, I don't know if I've actually mentioned this book. I may have like mentioned it but never talked about it the number one ladies detective agency by alexander mccall smith um it is a cute adorable series it's a very it's cozy mystery um and it's set in botswana in africa the main character her name is ma precious ramotswe um and the book and the consequential sequel sequels are all set in botswana she starts a detective agency using her inheritance from her father after he dies she buys a house and she starts a business and she had a really uh sad early life and um suffered abuse from her husband and um but she's basically starting over and she helps the people in her tiny community solve their problems and it's just so wonderful and i think she's even a little older i can't remember she's in her 30s or 40s i don't remember um but it's just utterly charming and 
through her sorrow. She is just a strong woman who helps the people around her and the love she finds along the way in, in the community is just so wonderful. So I can't, can't recommend the series enough. I think it's anybody could like this series. She's a wonderful protagonist. And yeah, I just really like it. You know, what's funny about that? I didn't even know that you read that series until our trivia episode. Oh, yeah. Like, I know yeah. what that's from. It's from Botswana. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I never thought that you would read those. I, I didn't see you as reading those. But Now, to be I'll fair, I've only read the first it. one, but um, hey, it's really I mean, great. Something. Yeah, yeah. What about you? What, what more you got for us? Okay, so I have one more character, and um, surprise, surprise, it's related to our last episode too. Ella, Ella from Ella um, Enchanted. No. Oh. <laughs> um, and then after that, I just have four general books um, that I want to recommend. Um, right, let's hear it. So the last character is Inej from Six of Crows. Mm, I thought about saying her as well. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, now I know that she is more in the second book. Mm-hmm. So I've heard, but I haven't read the second book, so I cannot speak for the second book. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, she's just a badass. What book are we talking um, about? Six of Six Crows. Six of Crows. Yes, right. Yeah. Yes. I you mean the one I just said 15 seconds ago? Are you tired, Becky? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, with with the show coming out, I would say if you want to see what I'm talking about, watch uh, watch the show. And Alina as well, I would put in the same category from Shadow and Bone because those two books are kind of mashed up in mm-hmm. the shadow and bone mm-hmm. show on netflix yeah um and that's yeah. just really interesting because um you find out in the books that she comes from a family of like acrobats and acrobats <laughs> and um the reason mm-hmm. she is so nimble and is able to like disappear so easily is because she's like a climber and she has kind of like a what's the t- the word like a what's the background her ethnic background is like a group of travelers um kind of I don't, remember. I don't know I don't remember the name of her community but they're um it's yeah like years. nomads they're like a group of nomads so she has a really interesting ethnic background um in the story as well which is really really fascinating so yeah great great series great characters yeah um, so that's I've, my last character the last one I was going to mention um so when I worked at the bookstore with Rachel we had two authors come in and they wrote a book called The Personal Librarian and the authors were Marie Benedict and Victoria Christopher Murray and they were just like really lovely people they you know did they read I don't remember what happened but they came to the store and they signed books for people and talked about writing of this book and I it was a good read it's a historical fiction it's a fictionalized account of a real person. Uh, her name was Bella da Costa Green, and she was J.P. Morgan, you know, like the billionaire, his personal librarian for his his collection and his house. And she is a black woman posing as a white woman. And through her position and the wit and smart, she becomes a really powerful person in the art and literary world among the wealthy circles of the New York elite in the early 1900s. Uh, and it's actually fascinating because in real life, her father was the first black graduate of Harvard and an advocate for equality, but she basically had to cut ties with her dad in order to pass as white. So she lies to everyone and says that she's Portuguese on her mother's side. And that is why she's like a little bit darker than everyone else. But she outwits everyone around her and she's so charming and so delightful. And the stakes are like really high for her. Like if she's discovered as a black woman, like I think there are laws that would deeply punish her, but it was the only way that they could have the lifestyle and, 
you know, like basically the lifestyle of a white person <laughs> is to, yeah. you know, basically, or live as a black person and be ostracized in, in, in you know, really racist um, time period. I mean, it's still a little racist, but you know what I mean? Um, a more racist time period. Um, and so, yeah, I really admired her as a character. She basically, in order to like keep her position as a white woman in society, she decides that she's never going to have children and marry because of the potential outing it could cause her if she basically procreates, like it could out her as, as a black, a black woman. Um, so I really admire her character. However, I did find the book a little bit too pro billionaire, which I don't love. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But so that was like my, why my one critique of the book, but, um, uh, because it basically acts as if JP Morgan is kind of the savior character for America. So I don't know how much of that is, you know, looking at her diaries in the time period and how much is the authors, you know, putting on the, the, uh, into the story. But, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just a really great story. So if you want a really strong character, I definitely would recommend this one, the personal librarian. So yeah, that's my last one that I have. I know you have got a couple more. Yeah. I just have some general books, um, by women, um, that I really love that don't have a character. I can really, necessarily talk about at length but Mm -hmm. um if you look them up they will have strong female representation Mm -hmm. um the first one is not really a it's not fiction but it's uh we should all be feminists by chimamanda ngozi adichie Mm -hmm. um and i read that in college i read some of her shorter form um works i haven't read any of her like novels um but yeah that one really stuck with me i have a tiny copy in my library mm-hmm. um i would recommend you to look into her books um she wrote uh purple hibiscus um half of a yellow sun americana mm-hmm. um so just all around good writer that i want to read more from mm-hmm. um also another one and this goes into people who like um Akatar. Mm-hmm. Uh this is a very underrated book. It was first published in 2005, so like oh. so long ago. But it's like the original Enemies to Lovers young adult romance. Like Is it Twilight? And- no. <laughs> <laughs> and I swear no one's heard of this. Uh, okay. but it's uh Poison Study by Maria V. Snyder. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about a girl who is about to be executed and um in order to live, she uh, has to agree to uh, become the uh, king's poison tester or the commander's uh, poison tester. Uh-huh. So um, she lives in luxury. She'll eat good meals. She'll have rooms at the palace, uh, but basically has to put herself at risk every day when <laughs> she eats the food. And um, there's a chief of security um, involved, and Ooh, he might hot. be. He might be the love interest. <laughs> Keep in mind that it is, is young adult, but um, I remember loving that book and loving her as a character. Um, and I read it, I don't know, six years ago or so. Yeah. But loved that one. And then the last one is The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have heard of. Um, but that's a story of two sisters. Um, and I recommend it to... Everybody. It's historical fiction, right? <laughs> yeah, so it's a uh, World War II um, in France historical fiction. One of the uh, sisters basically 
works for the um rebellion um Mm -hmm. she's kind of in the uh in the crossfire a little bit as far as dangerous activities i don't want to say much but um (laughs) it's about the two the two sisters and very good very sad um love it though so okay those are my my general recommendations well that is those are great rocks thanks thanks so much for sharing you're welcome now do you have any that um you want to read that are on your so tbr i actually um just started a new book today and it is a non-fiction book and it's called invisible women data bias in a world designed for men by carolyn Creed perez and it basically like had my blood boiling just listening to the first chapter but it's basically um I'm just going to read the like blurb from the back. It says data is fundamental to the modern world from economic development to healthcare, to education and public policy. We rely on numbers to allocate resources and make crucial decisions. But because so much data fails to take into account gender because it treats men as the default and women as atypical bias and discrimination are baked into our system. Um, and then uh, women pay tremendous costs for this bias in time, money, and sometimes their lives. Celebrated feminist advocate Carolyn Criada Perez investigates the shocking root cause of gender inequality and research in invisible women, diving into women's lives at home, the workplace, the public square, the doctor's office, and more. Uh, and I just want to read a quote from the book that I just read today. Yeah. The result of this deeply male-dominated culture is that the male experience, the male perspective, has come to be seen as universal, while the female experience, that of half the global population, after all, is seen as, well, niche. <laughs> Which is so mm-hmm. true. And like it talks about, uh, I think they're going to go into detail. I've only read the first chapter. Um, but it talks about how even something as simple as seatbelts and like crash testing is all set to like a white man's body instead of like the proportions of like a woman of color. And they have, you know, when they have these like safety tests and things like that and Mm. medicine is, you know, the, the ideal body type is like a white male. Um, So just like talking about, about these. So it's like, I'm listening to it and my blood's boiling. I'm just like, I can't believe this. So hopefully there's some sort of call to action at the end. So I will, I will report back when I'm done with it, but um, I'm excited to finish it and see. I didn't. It was actually a total accident that I started it today, and you know, for Women's Women's Month, Women's Day, International Women's Day, excuse me. But yeah, um, yeah so I'm, I'm excited to finish that one. What about that you? Interesting. Um, so I have a I have a little list. Mm-hmm. Um, some which I've mentioned before, some which I haven't. Um, I was just talking to my coworkers today of how seriously I want to read Little Women very soon. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so I see that one as you know most of the characters are women, uh, mm-hmm. judging by the title. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's been on my list for years. I really want to get to that. Um, also, one that I'm ashamed I haven't read, and an author I'm ashamed I haven't read uh, is The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret mm. Atwood. Yeah, I read that. Um, I feel like I need to be in the right frame of mind to read that yeah so i've been putting it off um i know it's going to be tough to read Mm -hmm. but um that one is also on my list um similarly this is a book i just bought recently it's parable of the sower by Mm -hmm. octavia Mm -hmm. butler yeah i want to read that one also on my list octavia butler i've never read either which a crime Mm -hmm. a crime straight to jail (laughs) straight to jail and then the last one I was just talking um, on Sunday about with my mom is uh, Hidden Figures. Oh, um, that one looks the story great. Of, the movie's yeah. great. Love the movie. I've heard the book is a little slow, but um, mm-hmm. 
I don't care. I want to know. So yeah. <laughs> and then so we'll have are... to do a, a, an adaption at an adaption. We'll have to do another <laughs> adaptation episode because a lot of those that you just mentioned have movies or books associated with them. That's so. true. You're right. Yeah. So so that's my that's my one to do list. I guess. Okay, well, that's that's it for our podcast today. We had some weird technical issues, so you probably can't even tell, but uh, we're a little over <laughs> recording this one because of all the, te- te- all the technical uh, issues we had. So thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Okay, thanks, guys, for tuning in. As always, I appreciate it so much, and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Your Bookstore Besties please like, share, and subscribe so more people can listen. Have a beautifully bookish day.